This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. Chris Burford, Credit Counselor and Educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions, is out today. We will have a guest later, Steve Harrison, Executive Director of USAA's Auto Experience. If you know someone who's in the market to buy a car, you're in luck today because we'll talk about the do's and don'ts of car buying. Are you looking for a good deal on a trade-in? Maybe your family's expanding and you need a bigger vehicle. We'll help you with all of your car buying questions today. Give us a call this morning with your comments and also personal finance questions. Our phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. This is Money Talks from MPB Think Radio. Back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College, President of New Perspectives. Chris Burford, the Credit Counselor and Educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions, is out today. We will be having a guest later in the hour. We'll be talking to Steve Harrison, the Executive Director of USAA's Auto Experience. So if you know someone who's in the market to buy a car, you're in luck because we're going to be talking about the do's and don'ts of car buying with Steve later in the show. Uh, He is coming up in the second half of the show. In the first part, uh, we'll talk about personal finance questions and also give you a to-do list for some major life events that may have affected your household. You can call this morning with your personal finance questions. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464 or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Uh, Waiting for Nancy to arrive at the studio, so she's not here yet. So if you have some personal finance questions, uh, hold off for for just a moment. Um, So uh, and later in the hour, we're going to be talking about buying a new car. Uh, Also, we're going to be talking about some things. uh, If you've had kind of a major life event in 2016, we've got some thoughts and ideas for how you can uh, think about that from a financial standpoint. Uh, So uh, if you're uh, uh, listening this morning and uh, have uh, had a major life event uh, in uh, your life, then uh, if you want to call up and and share uh, how you've adjusted your uh, financial thinking, we'd certainly appreciate that. The phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So, um... Uh, um, I don't know, Sam, I bought a new car a couple of years ago uh, that was a lot of fun. And I, and one thing uh, that uh, I've always heard that really helped me out a lot is uh, to have someone uh, to go along with you uh, to help you make the decision. Nancy's just arrived in studio, huh. saving my Ooh. bacon for the hour. I was going to say, if me and you go talk about car buying, <laughs> we're, in a, we're in a heap of trouble. Yeah, we're looking for a... Uh, we're looking to get a probably back into the car market here in 2017. So it'll be an interesting conversation with Steve. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about some of this stuff. That's right, and that's coming up in the second half of the uh, of the show. So uh, good morning, Nancy. Hope that you're doing good well. Good morning. You know, it was the train. The train. Oh, there was a train. Yes, uh. there was a train. <laughs> and not only was it slow, it finally just stopped. And then all hope was lost. <laughs> it's time to backtrack and go the long way around, Sam. Sorry. Uh, 
just to know some people that uh, lived in Picayune, if I'm not mistaken, in Picayune, the train tracks, I think, like run right down the center of town. So it's one of those. Well, I mean, that's that was the way it would, used to be all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we do have one track that runs through Clinton. But this was down West County Line Road. And it was a long one, which is a good sign for the economy. But still uh, not a good thing for me this morning. So uh, any financial news in the news? Well, the main thing that we're looking at is the rise in oil prices. And OPEC uh, looks like they might have an agreement. You know, it's a it's a surly bunch. So for them to come together, um, it, it's, it's uh, a positive sign for oil prices and the oil industry. Not so good for the rest of us because it means the prices at the pump will go up and the prices of everything else will go up because transportation. Um, and we're waiting to see we might be a little bit ahead of ourselves we're talking about oh it's going to go from you know it was at the high 40s per barrel maybe into the 60s into 70 maybe but it might be a little bit ahead of itself because it is OPEC and so all it takes is for one party to go yeah I don't think so and to pull back and on the agreement and uh, start producing even more and of course it all goes back to the supply and demand um, but that also means that uh, we're starting to see a little life in the U.S. oil industry which needs higher prices in order to be working again. Um, and I guess uh, most people, I think, know that most of the OPEC members are in the Middle East, but I think uh, there are some other countries. Well, not all of them. Right, because Venezuela, I believe. Yeah, is, uh, um, yeah. South America, uh, Russia as player in all of that. Uh, I don't know exactly who all the, the members are, but um, uh, but it it. It's a it's a group that um, whose economic interests are to keep production down and keep the price up. But Saudi Arabia is still the biggest player in all of that, the biggest producer, and they can easily drum everybody out of business if they want to. What about the the lag time? So when we talk about the the price of a barrel of oil increasing, how long is that usually before we'll feel that at the pump? We feel it pretty quickly because um, we all look at something called the oil futures, and that's what we think the future price of oil will be. And all of that starts to get priced into all kinds of products, and certainly they will look for any excuse to raise the prices at the pump. And so I think we're going to see that happening fairly quickly soon. Uh, when I hear futures, I always think of the movie Trading Spaces, because I think that was a big plot uh, yes. element in that, one of, one of my favorite that's, movies. That's all part of this group of securities we call derivative securities. And I'm thinking about that because I just gave an exam, and, and that was one of the questions, what is a derivative security? And most of my students missed it. Um, <laughs> but it is one that's based on something else. And so a, an oil future, that security is based on the price of oil. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Uh, said later in the hour, we'll be talking with Steve Harrison, executive director of USAA's Auto Experience, about buying a new car. In the meantime, though, uh, if you have a personal finance question, you can give us a call. And also, we'll talk about uh, some major life events that uh, can take place and how it might affect you financially. The number to call if you have a question or a comment is one eight seven seven MPB Ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. And before you came in, the one comment I would have about new car buying, I bought a new car a couple of years ago, and what was a big help to me was to have 
uh, someone go along with you because it's such an emotional decision to have some sort of level-headed third-party person that you know is a little bit removed from the situation. And in my case, it was also someone who was good with uh, budgets and figures and that sort of thing. And he really acted as my financial advisor uh, to the point where I, I think they called him the calculator in the in the uh, car in the in the business office there because oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was funny because they came out with something and he looked at it and he said, "No, I think you can do better than that." So I was just sat back, back there. Back to the and, drawing board. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, it, what I'm hearing from people is that, uh, and and also what we know is that car buying is slowing down because, of course, uh, cars are something called a durable good, meaning we don't buy a new car every year. Usually it's around seven years, maybe stretching to 10 years. And so at this point in the cycle, you know, early on, the automotive industry was just booming. They were just selling cars like crazy. So they're reaching the end of that point of basically selling everybody a car they can sell except for Sam. <laughs> and um, and so uh, they're starting to reach out. And so I'm hearing about people getting emails saying, oh, we can make you a deal. Uh, why don't you trade in your car? So there's lots of pushing for that, maybe pushing for the end of the year. Um, and so if you're still in the market for a car at this point, you might get a good deal just because it's getting a little slim. Yeah, I know. Uh, the I think the best deal I got on a car uh, in my car buying career was one of the it's sort of the end of the year. Uh, interestingly enough, I I bought the car and it was totaled like less than six months later. I was uh, traffic on I-55 right around the waterworks curve, and the person behind me was oh, not paying attention. That's sad. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a Nissan station wagon, and it it ended up as like a, a coupe uh, after it got smunched <laughs> in there. So a little accordion action, huh? <laughs> yes, but. Um, so if you have a personal finance question, uh, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone so number. So is, is this gift for me here? That's right. That's my, my gift, uh, oh, Christmas gift to you, you. there. So it's, Can I uh, open it? Sure, sure. Wait. Go ahead. All right. one uh, 877 mpb ring is the phone number. It's one 672 7464 you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So we talked about... Uh, Gift giving, and so I actually took uh, uh, one of the uh, bits of advice I think that we gave I'm out on one of the it programs. Now. All right, it's, the... it's in a little bag. I mean, you guys would be impressed, especially for me. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful ornament! And Thank it's you. pink, and it's homemade. <gasps> you made this? Yes, yes. That's, that's really beautiful. Thank you. I wish you guys could see this. I, I'm not very artistic, but every once in a while I find something. Uh, you know, it's I always like to look at the the Pinterest type sites and. Uh, don't usually uh, follow through, but this one was an, a fun one to do. So, well, I just have gift cards. Well, th those work as well. I mean, I, that's so always I, I good. have a selection here, and you All get right. to choose what you'd like. How about that? All right. So uh, I, I'll put them on here, out right. here, and, and you just choose one. All righty. Let's see. My, my elf at my office helped Ooh, me get the. I know what I'm going for. I'm going for the Chick Fil A. Very Shh, good. We don't need to advertise. Oh, sorry. I'm okay. going for this. This one. <laughs> You're going to get a sandwich, a chicken sandwich. Yes. All right. Uh, also, as we're going to talk about, uh, as I said, some sort of major life events and how they might affect you financially. Uh, the first one on our list, and this is something that uh, we've talked about, is when you land your first real job. And Nancy, I would say the first thing, a couple of things that you want to do, uh, one of them is to immediately work on a budget. 
but also to save. Uh, what are some ways that someone who's got their real first real job can think about budgeting and saving? Well, I always encourage my students as they're graduating uh, and they get that first job, sign up for that 401k at your employer as soon as you can. Now, some employers require a wait time, uh, but if that's the case, mark it on your calendar, put it in your phone, give it an alert, and sign up for that. And sign up immediately for at least 10%. You know, if you start with 10%, you won't notice it. It's your first job. You're excited about having some kind of income. And um, and so you'll start to build wealth immediately. So that's a perfect thing to do. And then, of course, you know, as you say, budgeting, don't get carried away because, you know, as you're, if you're – if you've been without a job for a while, if you're fresh out of school, getting your first job, this feels like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But as you start to get into life and having to pay bills, it can very quickly get eaten up. And so you need to really plan not only for that 401k to start also saving for that emergency cash fund. Uh, but I, I, I like your idea of trying to do as much as you can uh, because, you know, this is another thing that we've talked a lot about is when you put something away, uh, like automatically debited from an account or whatever, it is amazing how we're able to adapt when we don't see that money and when it's going to savings or other things, uh, we're able to adapt and sort of look at what our kind of net money is each month and, and live off that. So Yeah, we do it. I mean, we just make adjustments and uh, I always say whatever gets into our uh hot little hands or our pockets get spent. And so we need to find a way to um, limit what gets into our hands and in our spending pocket. And we can still pay ourselves, but put it in a protected account. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we will continue talking about uh, major life events uh, and how they affect you financially. Also, if you have a personal finance question, we've got some open phone lines, so give us a call. <laughs> the number is 1-877-MPB-RING. I like Snoopy better. one 672 Sam promises more great Christmas songs to come. We'll be back after this break. Consider where the country should go next. NPR will be here with the facts to help you make sense of new appointments, policy changes, and all of the day's news. So listen every day. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lottridge Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. Uh, we've uh, going to be All right. Uh, In just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Steve Harrison, the executive director of USAA's Auto Experience, and talk about buying uh, a car. Uh, But we do have a caller on the line first, so let's go to Raylani in Hattiesburg. Good morning. Go ahead, please. Good morning. What do you have for us? Happy holidays. Thank you. I was calling to find out if a will always has to be probated. Hmm. Well, I'm not an attorney, but I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. And um, the only time you get around probate is when you have a trust or you have beneficiaries on an account. And here in Mississippi, we are allowed to have something called a TOD or sometimes it's called a POD, transfer on death or pass on death. So you can put a beneficiary on just a regular taxable account. You know, if you have beneficiaries on retirement accounts, 
but regular accounts you often don't. So that would be one way to avoid that. But then you still are going to have all kinds of personal property, maybe real estate, and that still will have to go through that process. So when there's property involved, you definitely have to be. I, I'm, has to be I'm pretty sure that's the case. You might want to visit with a local attorney, and it would depend on how that property is uh, registered as far as the ownership. Mm-hmm. If you own a, if you're, you still have a mortgage, and uh, you write your will, and you intend to pass that house on to someone uh, in your family then do you have to have their name on that mortgage? No. Um, I, and again, you need to talk to an attorney because uh-huh. I will. If, you, if you put that house in the will that that's to go to that person, mm-hmm. then what will happen is that um, they either will work out some sort of transfer on the mortgage to go to their name or the mortgage will have to be satisfied Mm-hmm. meaning in many cases the house has to be sold, all the liens against it paid off, and mm-hmm. then that person you intended to get it will get whatever is left over. I see. Well, happy holidays. And I tell you, without public radio, we wouldn't be America. Well, right. bless you, and happy holidays to you. Thanks, Raylani, Thank for the call. Uh, this is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. I think we now have our guest, Steve Harrison, Executive Director of USAA's Auto Experience Online with us. Uh, Steve, thanks for joining us this morning. Oh, you're welcome. Good morning. Uh, first of all, maybe could you give us some guidelines? Uh, say you have an older car. You know, my problem with uh, car buying is you see the car ads and you think, wow, a new car and all that sort of thing, and it's easy to get excited. Uh, but uh, what are some things to think about? How do you decide when you really do need a new car? It's a great question. You know, it's such an emotional journey. People typically start their car buying process with some sort of excitement. And it's really important to do exactly what you said, which is to take a step back and actually think, is this really the right thing for me to do? One thing you can consider, especially if you've got an older vehicle, is what is it going to cost for me to repair that vehicle versus buying a new one? In most cases, repairing a vehicle is certainly a more affordable alternative. But consider what that purchase will do to your budget. Today, you probably have a vehicle that's got a certain cost of ownership, and that cost will include things like financing, the insurance, the maintenance, the gas. When you start looking at a new vehicle, you've got to consider what impact is that going to make to my overall total cost of ownership. Maybe you can find another vehicle that has the same payments, but the insurance might go up. Or but you know, you know, it doesn't yeah. have that new car smell, though. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's that emotional part. We got to watch out for it. Good job. <laughs> no, this is true. I, you know, one of the things that uh, we try to do is try to make uh, an emotional decision as objective as possible. All right. So then, if you've kind of decided, you know, in my case, I know when I um, when I got a new car, I had an older uh, truck, and it had come to the point where the repair bill was going to be more than the value of the truck. So I figured it was pretty much time uh, to to get a new car. Uh, What about new versus used? What are some things to kind of keep in mind when you're trying to decide whether you want to go with a new car or maybe a late model used car? So what are the advantages to getting a used car that, as you know, somebody else has taken some of that depreciation off of the, the vehicle? In fact, that's one of the secret 
sort of silent cost that most people don't see because it doesn't come out of your your monthly uh, cash flow. But if somebody else can take that for you, you're going to be in a better position after you've owned that vehicle for a while. On the flip side, there are some things to consider about reliability. So you need to know where that vehicle was driven, who drove it, uh, do things like take a look at a Carfax vehicle report to see if there's any damage to it, see if there are any vehicle recalls on it, and most importantly, have it taken a look by a mechanic. Uh, if you're looking at it from another individual, somebody can, uh, who's an independent um, mechanic can give you a, a look to tell you whether or not that vehicle is reliable enough for you. If not, you can also take a look at dealerships that sometimes will certify those used vehicles for you. In fact, there are certified pre-owned vehicles where manufacturers or dealerships will often give you additional benefits like extended warranties to ensure that you have some confidence that that vehicle is going to be reliable. We're visiting with Steve Harrison, Executive Director of USAA's Auto Experience, about uh, the car buying process, either a, a new car or a used car. If you have a car buying question, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Now, Nancy, I, I remember correctly, you were in the market for a new vehicle in, in the near past. Yeah, uh, what, and, what I, and I did pull the trigger on that. And, um, and I have to confess that my emotions were getting the best of me because there was this one car that I just envisioned myself in. And when I read the, the marketing materials, it, it talked about this is the car that your cool uncle would buy and own and that sounded like me Kevin and <laughs> and and still I finally came back to but there's no dealership around here and mm. so it just did not make sense for me well uh, Nancy you're not alone in that one of the things that we've discovered is that people when they buy a car are often making a statement about their personalities it's actually an opportunity sometimes to tell themselves and the world you know, something has changed. You know, maybe you're celebrating a, a new job. Maybe you're showing, telling the world that um, you now are a, a family person and so you have kids. So um, it's not uncommon for people to want to project their, uh, their, their current self and their future self into the vehicle that they drive. So uh, what, what are the factors that uh, make this time of year uh, so good to, uh, to be in the car buying uh, uh, market? Very simple. At the end of year, blowouts occur because manufacturers and dealerships are trying to get rid of the current year inventory to make way for the new year. And they're also trying to, in some cases, make sure that their books are, are reflective of uh, a good uh, vehicle sales year. So they'll be motivated to try to get rid of those vehicles and um, offer good deals to make that happen. Now, we're already hearing about um, slowdowns in the automotive industry and uh, have also heard that General Motors is saying they're going to lay off quite a few people the first quarter of 2017. What are you hearing as far as the health of the industry? Some of the same things, but something to keep in mind when you're looking at things like slowdowns, we're, when you're looking at things like uh, the overall industry, you're talking about a change of maybe 1%. So it, it is certainly significant to the manufacturers and the industry at large, but when it gets down to the individual consumer, 
it's not like people aren't buying vehicles. People are still buying vehicles, driving them. uh, So you'll still see deals. In fact, in some ways, it may be even better for you to find uh, deals because there may be a little bit of excess inventory. You mentioned this time of year and and, uh, the dealerships want to kind of clear the lot and and show good uh, end-of-the-year sales figures. So I would imagine that they kind of put a little pressure on their salesmen. Is that maybe one of the drawbacks of this time of year? And should you, when you go in a car lot this time of year, kind of be expecting the the full press? You could be. That could also work to your advantage, too. There are some real subtleties in how you can approach car buying. Uh, typically towards the end of the month is when dealers generally are trying to make their sales numbers, and certainly the end of the year has the double whammy because you're dealing with the end of the month and the end of the year. Uh, When it gets down to the day of the week, one of the things you might consider is trying to visit a dealership on a weekday. Typically there's a little bit more time and things aren't quite as chaotic, and dealers tend to be a little bit more motivated on a weekday than a weekend. Okay, the other thing I have a question about is, uh, you know, for most people, they finance their cars, and interest rates have already risen somewhat. We are expecting a Federal Reserve uh, formal increase this month. Um, Are the car dealers still going to be offering these special rates to entice us to buy? Well, I don't have a crystal ball to tell you exactly what they're going to be doing, but let me tell you this. When you look at the difference in say, uh, a half percent interest rate, it will make a small difference in a monthly payment. It could be $10, $20. But when you look at the total cost of ownership, you'll be surprised to find that things like having $1,000 off the price of that vehicle, or better yet, considering a used version versus a new one, will save you significantly more money than the interest you would be paying on that loan. Certainly, you always want to make sure you're getting the best deal possible, but it's really important when making that decision not to be motivated just because interest rates may rise a little bit. Think about that entire cost of ownership, to include insurance, I might add. Well, I'm going to also go back with this idea of financing because leasing is really a form of financing. Um, Are we starting to see those implicit interest rates built into those leases? Are they starting to rise? Leases are very complicated products, and a lot of what drives the value or the cost of a lease isn't so much about the interest rate as it is what is the the residual value on that used vehicle at the end of that lease term very complicated instruments. So what I would tell you is when you're, and by the way, I should also say that you are exactly right. Leases are absolutely on the rise. We're seeing more leases than ever. When uh, somebody is trying to make a decision whether or not to lease versus to buy it outright with some sort of loan, you've got to really take a few things in consideration, one of which is at the end of a loan, you own that vehicle. That may be a great option for you, especially if you're going to own the vehicle for a long period of time. Lease, a little trickier. There are often mileage restrictions. So if you're really, really confident that you might not put very many miles on it, but remember, at the end of that, you will still have a car payment. You're still, in fact, in some cases, going to owe money on that. So very complicated uh, decision. 
certainly something that you might even want to consider talking to a financial advisor about prior to making that decision. Let's uh, get a call in here before our next break, and so we invite Sed from Brandon into the conversation. Good morning, Sed. Uh, good morning. I had a question regarding the uh, Ford uh, Ranger pickup. It's been discontinued manufacturing in the United States. However, it is manufactured overseas. I wonder if you have any insights on if and when that might be coming to our dealerships. <laughs> so I don't have specific industry knowledge as to when what manufacturers might be making uh, uh, particular vehicles again. Uh, I do know that Ford is one of the, the top vehicles that are purchased by consumers across the United States, so certainly something to keep an eye on. The other thing to consider on that, of course, is taking a look at some of the used uh, uh, vehicles that may still have inventory out there that you can find. All right, Ted, thanks for your call. Let's uh, take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion with our guest, Steve Harrison. He's the executive director of USAA's Auto Experience, and we're talking about buying a car, either a new car, a used car, or leasing a car. If you have a car buying-related question, call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Back with more Money Talks after this. As you consider where the country should go next, NPR will be here with the facts to help you make sense of new appointments, policy changes, and all of the day's news. Listen every day. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. We're visiting today with our guest, Steve Harrison, Executive Director of USAA's Auto Experience, and we're talking about uh, buying a car, either a new car, a used car. Talked also a little bit about leasing a car. Uh, if you have a car-related question, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. A said from Brandon was on the line before our last break was asking about the Ford Ranger and when it might make a return uh, to U.S. shores. Did a quick uh, Google search and according to some things I found online uh, it's coming back in 2019. So uh, I was a Ranger owner and was a really a good truck. So folks uh, have a lot of loyalty to certain brands and makes of cars. So anyone that's uh, in the market for a Ranger, you know, a little patience. It's it's on the way back and should be here in just a couple of years. Um, so, Steve, obviously, it's a good idea to you know do some research, do some preparation before you hit the car lots. What are some things to to do and to think about uh, even prior to to going to anywhere and looking at cars? Sure, that's a great question. One of the things that is really important to do is think about all the pieces of the transaction. So we talked a lot about the car itself, and so thinking about what vehicle is right for you, well, there are some other things that are really important. One is the financing, which 
getting approved before you go on to the dealer lot is very important. But also think about some of the ancillary products, things like extended vehicle protection, total loss protection, gap insurance. A lot of those products are also offered at places other than the dealership. And so pricing those products as well are really important. Finally, one of the things that people think of last is what to do with the old car. So one option is certainly to trade it in, but there are many other options, including selling it, either to an individual or to another dealership. If you think of this in reverse and actually think about what you're going to do with your old vehicle in advance, you're going to be far better positioned to get what you're looking for when you go to that dealership. And then last but not least, all those things that I just mentioned all come together at the dealership, but they should really be discussed separately. So when talking to a dealer about the vehicle, focus on the price of that vehicle. Don't talk about financing. Financing something you can talk about later. Don't talk about the trade-in. Trade-in something you can talk about later. Focus on each component separately to make sure you're getting the very best deal possible. And again, kind of referring back to my experience uh, in the car buying process, uh, I was able to get uh, quite a bit more money for my uh, used truck uh, selling it uh, person to person uh, than the dealership was was willing to offer. And again, that's the part of that, I guess, is if the if they buy it, they've got to be get have some sort of built in to where they can make a little bit money when, when they resell it, I guess. Sure. Uh, the dealer's going to take that vehicle and they're going to sell it, obviously, to, to somebody else. So there is uh, some opportunity for there to make some, some money on that transaction. But that's an opportunity for you to do as well. Um, there are plenty of places to do that. USAA.com, that's one of our secret weapons that many people don't know about. You can actually sell your vehicle to other members. There are certainly other places you can do that as well, CarMax being uh, one of many locations you can do that. Uh, you mentioned gap insurance. Tell us what that is. So when somebody has a vehicle that is worth less than what the loan is, uh, there's a gap there. Uh, the, the gap being that, let's say, uh, the car were to be totaled or you went to go uh, sell it, uh, there's, you're going to owe more than the vehicle's worth. That often happens. We're seeing more and more of that happen as these loan terms get extended. We see, we've been seeing more and more longer-term loans uh, in the industry. So well, what, let me stop you. What, what is the sure. average term that you're seeing now? It's typically, so for USAA members, we've been seeing about 60 months or so, but we have seen out there in the industry much, much larger, 72, even 80-month loans. It's, wow. It's, yeah, and, and while it sounds appealing to a person when you're talking about things like monthly payments, the problem is, is what we were just describing is you end up being upside down that vehicle. So it becomes a real shock when you go to sell it and you still owe on that vehicle more than it's worth. And I remember when we went from, you know, the standard used to be 48 months, four years. Oh, exactly. And then we bumped up. Now, some of that, our cars are lasting longer. They're they're doing that for us. But still, um, that fools us into thinking we can afford more car than we can. You are exactly right. So the reliability of vehicles is getting longer. And so one can rationalize that you can take a longer loan on it. 
However, people's lifestyles change. And so they end up buying a vehicle, and guess what? That's when that shock comes into place. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I could imagine like a, a young family, maybe the have children, and so you need a bigger car, that sort of thing. So uh, you really do need to think before committing to what? So 80 months is what, eight years? Am I doing my math right? Not quite. Like okay. Well, let's wait. Wait, 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 wait. My brain's not working this morning. Let's, let's do is, our math. It's five years. 72 math. months would be six. So it's almost seven years, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So that is a long time to pay off a car. And uh, again, if you're someone that, you know, I know uh, some of my friends just, I think, get the car buying bug every couple of years. So I guess you have to know kind of yourself and if you're willing to stay with that same car uh, for that long. Um, we are talking today with Steve Harrison, the executive director of USAA's Auto Experience. If you uh, would like uh, to have a question answered about the car buying process, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. What about, uh, has the, the whole online uh, availability of cars, is that a good way to maybe either shop or at least to try to do some investigating and, and do some uh, early uh, research before you actually have to face the, the eager salesman on the car lot? Yeah, that's uh, without a doubt become one of the most frequently used tools now uh, that has dramatically changed the way people buy cars. It used to be that, on average, a consumer would go to three or four dealerships prior to buying a car to test drive, to see what the inventory is. Uh, Now it is getting closer and closer to just one visit, and you go get that car, because there's so much research that you can do online prior to walking into that showroom floor. What about um, different models of car? I know you know they always have like the base model, and then the the uh, the the more bells and whistles you have on there. There's usually you know several uh, models to each type of car. Um, I guess the also kind of the research is you know to really decide what those are and whether that's really something that appeals to you and and how important maybe some of those extras can be. It is, and I will tell you the other thing that that creates a tremendous amount of confusion. So it's really important. We call that getting down to the trim level. Uh, It can dramatically change the price on a vehicle. More importantly, though, after you purchase that vehicle, we see that some people get a little bit of buyer's remorse because they'll be talking to a friend of theirs who supposedly bought the exact same vehicle, when in fact the trim level was significantly different. So it's really important that when you're talking to others, when you're doing your research, when you're trying to figure out what kind of car, that you're very specific about the trim level, that that all those add-ons, because that can make a huge difference in the price of that vehicle. But this is what I have found. When I sit down, because I can go to an online site, I can... um, Uh, go through that list of add-ons and plug in. But as I go through that list, I can convince myself that, oh, my gosh, that's something I really, really need. And in in reality, I often find when I get that car home that some of those bells and whistles I don't even use. And, And for instance, I had one car that I just traded in that it was only in the last six months I realized it had seat warmers. I didn't even know that. Well, I'll tell you what, as much as I like the seat warmers, what I like better is a lower monthly payment. Yes. So 
so for for all the reasons why you described, it's 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 important to try to take as much emotion out of that decision as possible. One of the things you should consider as a perfectly viable option is not buying a car at all. And I'm sitting here telling you this as a guy who sells cars for a living, that sometimes the right thing to do based on your financial situation is to wait. One of the things we talked about is being upside down on your vehicle. Certainly waiting for that next purchase will help correct that situation. Sometimes the the best thing you can do is maybe repair uh, a vehicle that you've had for a long time to get a little bit more out of it, uh, as long as it's reliable and safe, uh, so that you can uh, have the best financial situation you possibly can. We've got another caller on the line. This time we're going to go to Hattiesburg. Richard's called in today. Good morning, Richard. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Thank you. Mm-hmm. A question for you. Is there an advantage to buying a vehicle through some of the... Uh, uh, buyer clubs like Costco or Sam, could you address the advantages and disadvantages? Sure. Uh, so there are several solutions that, that offer that. Uh, one of the, the nice things about doing the um, the buyer's clubs and uh, from an experience perspective, um, sometimes you'll see that they'll have packages that are pretty much ready to go off the shelf, and you you don't have to go through some of the negotiation uh, that, that some people don't like to do. Uh, and in some cases, that will include the financing as well. Um, if nothing else, I would use that always as an opportunity to negotiate a better deal because you know that you can get it elsewhere. In every case, having that information is going to help ensure that you're getting the best deal possible. All right, Richard, we appreciate that call. We need to take one last break this hour. We've been talking uh, for the last couple of minutes with Steve Harrison, the executive director of USAA's Auto Experience, talking about car buying. So if you have a question, still time to work one in at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Send us an email, money at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. To ride, I love you. Pretty paper, pretty ribbons of Crowded streets, busy feet, hustle by Downtown shoppers, Christmas is nigh. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, featuring a 100,000-gallon aquarium, 300 acres of natural landscapes, and two and a half miles of walking trails. Information on exhibits and special events at msnaturalscience.org. 
Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. Rolf is also visiting today with our guest, Steve Harrison, the Executive Director of USAA's Auto Experience, talking about car buying today. Uh, here is an email we got from Susan. says, I love used cars and hate to haggle. I knew exactly what I wanted. I bought my car through a service, CarMax, that allows you to pick out what you want online from an enormous inventory and for a fee have it delivered to a dealer near you. You have five days to drive it and bring it to your mechanic for a checkup. If you don't want it, you can return it for any reason. If you do want it, the delivery fee is applied to the purchase price. The car was clean and our mechanic said it was in excellent condition. It had a one-year warranty and she strongly recommends this process over haggling for questionable cars. And, you know, Steve, we mentioned uh, the idea of online car buying and how that has uh, come into the car buying process. Uh, Sounds like uh, Susan uh, has hit upon something that she thinks is uh, a good idea. What about uh, CarMax and some of those things? What are your thoughts? I think that for the consumer that wants to never step foot on the dealership lot, that's certainly one of the excellent solutions available. In fact, CarMax is one of our partners that we use with our car buying service, one of the many dealerships out there. So I can certainly appreciate that experience. Um, there are others that are out there leading, doing some industry-leading stuff, uh, BP being one of them, but um, for both new as well as used vehicles. Um, the advantage to doing that is you don't have to go on the dealership lot again, but you do get the advantage of looking at all the inventory. Um, some people get uncomfortable about not having that test drive, and other people are a little uncomfortable with going long distances. So if you're going to be doing that kind of experience, make sure that it's something that's relatively close by. So if you do have a problem, you can still take it back. All right. We've got another caller on the line. So we say good morning to Alan in Oxford. Go ahead, Alan. Uh, Good morning. Morning. My question is concerns if you're looking for a new car or even a used car, but a new car, I guess, in particular, there are several websites like Blue Book sites that give you a range of of what people pay in your area or what you should expect to pay in your area. I'm curious as to whether how good a guide that is. So virtually all of those tools are using actual vehicle sales in order to calculate those those values. Kelly Blue Book, certainly one of the industry leaders, got a very well-known brand, uh, True Cars, another one. Um, even Edmunds.com uh, has that information. If you look at them, they all typically have some sort of range, and it lets you do it at a zip code level. We were talking earlier about trim level details, so it's really important that you know the exact vehicle you're looking for because it can vary dramatically depending on some of the options you select when calculating that value. All right, Alan, thanks for your call this morning. Uh, so, Steve, we uh, we talked about doing the research and going online, so you've got an idea of, you know, kind of what car you want, the, the, the level that you want, the trim levels we talked about. And as you said, some people don't like to actually try to negotiate with the dealer on the lot. Uh, but if you're going to go to the car lot, what are some things, maybe some things to keep in mind to sort of even the playing field a bit uh, with, with the car dealerships? The number one thing, in addition to doing your research, is – what I mentioned about separating the pieces of the transaction. 
Some people think that the right thing to do is to make it super easy, and when they walk out of the dealership to uh, do something like get an evaluation on what their trade-in is worth. Well, it sounds at the, the front end like that might be a very convenient thing to do, saving some time while you're browsing inventory and they're giving you the, the price of your trade-in. Well, what you really want to do is separate all those transactions. Think about buying a car a little bit like playing poker. And every single one of those pieces, the financing, the car, the trade-in, those are all separate pieces, separate cards that you have in your hand. You would never play poker with somebody with your hand facing up. And sometimes that's what happens. A dealer will ask you things like, what is your monthly payment you're looking for? Be careful about answering that question. That's a card that you probably want to keep close to the vest. Um, it's important for you to know that, but it's not necessarily important for the dealer to know that. So separate all those, those pieces um, when, you're, when you're having those conversations with the dealer. Also, I guess uh, you should not be, you know, afraid to actually negotiate. To I mean, is it okay to give an offer of what what you'll pay for the car? Absolutely, and I'll tell you the most important piece of advice on that is to not be afraid to walk away. If you're not comfortable with what your the value you think you're getting, walk away. There are plenty of folks who will sell you the vehicle you're looking for, and guess what? That dealer might change their mind. Maybe today's not the day, but two days from now, they may be motivated and reach out to you and offer you a better deal. So walking away is a perfectly good negotiation tactic. Yeah, I guess uh, I've, I've often heard uh, them ask, you know, what can I do to put you in this car today? When, when you get to that point, I guess maybe it's turned a little bit and, and maybe you have somewhat of the upper hand. Yeah, that, that's true. Be careful that that question, though, uh, because you also don't want to be in a situation where you're committed to do something that you're not comfortable doing. In fact, um, a technique that, that has been used in the industry for years is something called a four-square technique, where, and there are various variations of it, where it's everything from if I can get you in a payment for a certain amount, if I make sure the car is not uh, anything over a certain amount – sign here on this piece of paper, and uh, we'll make sure you get that deal. Well, it's really a bit of a psychological tactic. Again, it's been used in the industry for years. What you don't want to do is emotionally commit to a deal without truly understanding all those details. Because what Conference not, recording has stopped. What may not show up on that, uh, that transaction are things like, mm, what's the term on that loan? Yeah, I can get you in a vehicle that's only going to cost you a certain dollar figure a month, but really you want to make sure that you're not paying an exorbitant amount in interest because you just took a loan that was two years longer than you actually wanted. Or All right. Hey, Steve, thanks very much. we got to end it there. Our time is up. We appreciate uh, Steve Harrison, the executive director of USAA's Auto Experience, from joining us this morning. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. Thanks to our producer, Sam Wells, and our call screener today was Jonas Adams. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio.